0: trying to steer around picked off center they score they back over to Manny splits to the defense his shot he scores zone end there was Shillington. collision VL feed they score this is cuda confidential the official podcast of the San Jose Sharks AHL affiliate the San Jose Barracuda here are your hosts Nick Nolenberger and Joey Goldstein hello welcome to another edition of. Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, proud American Hockey League affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. I'm Nick Nolenberger, voice of the Barracuda, joined alongside by marketing manager Joey Goldstein. Well, let the good times roll, Joey. The team has now won three in a row. They have won five in a row at home, a six-game point streak, the best winning percentage in all the American Hockey League. And still, this is the youngest team in the AHL as the Barracuda were able to take down the San Diego goals in the first meeting of a 10-game season series between the two clubs. That was Monday night at SAP Center as San Jose was able to really dominate the first two periods of the game. They led only 2-0 despite out-shooting and really out-chancing um, San Diego Uh, dramatically the shot total I believe between the first two periods was 30 to 13 but San Diego made a game of it. they scored 13 seconds apart in that third period San Jose would go on to score three unanswered and eventually win a final of five to three as Troy Terry would get a bit of a garbage goal late in that hockey game so the team's playing good you return back home you get a big road win in Stockton on Saturday, snapped a bit of a a streak of four games in which San Jose had not won a game. They were winless over the last four on the road, but they win in Stockton in a pretty convincing fashion. They come back, they play a San Diego team that, for whatever reason, just has not found their stride um, to start this year, and they pick up another win. And now they await uh, a trip down to to Bakersfield where they'll take on the Condors in the first of a home and road on Saturday and then on Sunday for Kansas City Blades night. But the team is rolling right now, Joe. It seems like everything's just clicking.
1: They're a wagon. They're a wagon. They are a, a wagon. A wagon. A wagon. They are uh, they're rolling right now, and it was good to see them come out in Stockton and have that strong start that Stockton had here a couple of days prior, and they kind of just they didn't really turn back after that happened. They maybe kind of eased off the gas a little bit in the final frame, which is kind of where Stockton picked up a couple goals late. But overall, I thought that was, a very, was one of the more dominating wins we've had this year. And then on uh, on Monday, uh, more of the same, uh, at San Diego is just uh, for a team that's been pretty competitive over the past couple of years. They This year they just can't really find a rhythm. And I think it's you, – you're seeing that. Their coaching staff is disappointed. I've I got a tweet pulled up here from Monday night. It was after the game. Dallas Eakins, he was talking with their – broadcaster, their PR team. He basically just said the game was really disappointing. I thought we were going to gain great, great momentum coming off their last game, uh, which he said they had a gritty, high-energy performance. Uh, and they came in, he said they were lifeless, lifeless, soft, slow through the first two periods. And that's kind of what it looked like. They, they didn't really pick up energy until the final frame, and obviously that's when they kind of scored their goals a couple. Of, they're, the last Troy Terry one that was a garbage time goal, but they were kind of, most of them were garbage goals. I mean, he had uh, uh, Manny gets caught with a high stick He falls down, takes out another guy Leaves uh, the net wide open And then Ash gets tripped up over Viel or DeSimone or somebody gets, gets tripped up, falls on his backside And another wide open net So not, nothing really uh, To point out as far as the defense Playing poorly, it's just a couple small little Puck luck, bad bounces, bad breaks That kind of go against you
0: that's a San Diego team, though, has three first-round draft picks on it. There was a lot of high hopes going into the season. As you look at their roster, they're about midway, right, right down the middle in terms of you know their age. Um, I think they're 14th in terms of the 14th oldest team in the league, San Jose being the youngest team in the AHL. There's plenty of talent on that group. For whatever reason, as you alluded to with that quote from Dallas Eakins, I think it's been you know, an issue with maybe starts and, and energy and getting engaged into hockey games. San Jose with another quick start. Um, again, as Joey mentioned, on Saturday you get the three first-period goals and they are able to ride that wave. San Jose this year, they are 10-0-0-1 when scoring the game's first goal. So they've been able to, you know, out of the 13 wins, you know, Ten of them have come really via a quick start, and San Jose has done a great job this year of doing that, and then they've ridden some strong goaltending um, throughout. Yosef Kornasch wasn't overly tested in the game. Um, just faced the 13 shots through the first two periods. Had those two goals that he gave up, as, you know, again, as Joe mentioned. Uh, kind of some weird ones. His first, he was tripped up, or the second goal, he was tripped up. And that first one, you get Video high-sticked. He falls down. He takes out Jeremy Wall. The guy goes straight to the net. Dosty, who hadn't scored in 25 games, works his way around uh, Kornos and just slides under the left pad. So um, kind of a weird fluke uh, sequence. Um, and you thought maybe though that was going to be an opportunity. San Diego tied the game up in the third period. At that point, really, it's anybody's game. And then Sandy or San Jose just said, "Okay, let's get back in this game. Let's reengage," and they're able to do that with three unanswered. And a quick note on that uh, in that game, you get Kyle Wood, who finally finds the back of the net. Um, a bit snake bitten start the year, but shows off the heavy blast. It trickles through the five hole of Jared Coro, and uh, it gives him his first goal. And he is also now at eleven assists, which ties. Uh, Francis Perron, who's been red-hot as of late. Perron, Mm -hmm. I think he's got three or four multi-point games over his last six. So Perron is now tied for first in assists. He's first in goals, first in points, first in power play goals. Um, It has just been a spectacular season for Francis Perron. Um, And uh, contributions up and down the lineup, as we have seen all season long.
1: Yeah, everything's kind of – we said everything's coming up Cuda right now. They're just – they're rolling. Everything's clicking. It is good to see Kyle Wood kind of get on board. And like you said, they—I remember—I was overheard Jimmy Bono talking with, uh, might have been John Gustafson after the game. they kind of t- when San Diego tied it up. Like you said, it's anybody's game. But it seemed like everybody in, in, on the bench was pretty confident that if they just keep playing the game that they were playing, all those chances and opportunities were going to come. So I don't think that they had any any doubts that they weren't going to get another goal back or get you know get any of those goals back. Um, and obviously they did and ended up getting the win. At, and I don't know, San Diego, maybe their goaltending just really hasn't been very good. Coro hasn't been great. Boyle's been so-so. I mean, that's obviously not going to help any any situation either. But like you said, they're a young team. Well, I'm not super young, but they've got some high draft picks. But they've also got a lot of NHL games on that, on that roster. Too. Yeah, yeah I, was was with, s- period, I was sitting with the first period. Seasoned. I was sitting with Vinny Praplin, and he was he pointed out Schuster. And he asked, you know, he played NHL games. This guy's got two or three hundred NHL games under his belt. I mean, so it's, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting to see them kind of struggling the way the way that they have been.
0: Yeah, it's just, there's really no rhyme or reason. I, I expect him to get it together at some point. There's just too much talent on that team. Right. Um, but as you watched him, there's, no, I mean, Troy Terry, he started his first 11 games in the NHL. He had a point, um, it was a tremendous start um but there's just you know terry i guess is a guy you could look at um cory Trop continues to produce um there was no uh they had a i believe it was was it sam carrick who was yeah he's he was and suspended. he's
1: and he's i believe when we looked last week he was second on their team in points so that's obviously yeah, a big blow to lose someone like that too for him. um
0: um but there's just, it, at least in the short sample size, San Jose will play San Diego two more times over the month of December, and they'll play them a total of 10 throughout the season. So we'll get uh, our fair share of opportunities to see what type of team San Diego is. But, you know, for whatever reason, it was uninspired. There was nobody that really stuck out as a guy that, you know, San Diego could look for in that game to, to get a spark and get the offense rolling. And the goals coming into the game were the most penalized team in the league. Now, they only took two minor penalties. San Jose did a good job of staying out of the box. They had no penalties, which was a good thing because San Diego coming into the game was the number one ranked road power play in the American Hockey League, and they didn't get an opportunity on the power play at any point and never got the momentum going, just were a little bit, you know, disinterested.
1: Yeah. The Barracuda have been pretty disciplined all year long uh, for the most part. and We don't take bad penalties, obviously, Take some here and there, but um, I think you kind of obviously that game in general there just weren't a lot of penalties. But you kind of saw that highest penalized team in the league come out a little bit after uh, Evan Weinger scored his goal, and I think was it Steve Valesky comes I and just just buries I, him I was for no reason. About it on
0: the broadcast, I was completely befuddled on what the reason was where he was so upset. What's I don't like, know if he felt like he was showing up Jared Coral, but it was a tap in backdoor goal that. He was on top of the blue paint. He didn't stand there for longer than a second because Oleski came over and tried to bury it.
1: Tapped it in, put his hands up, and they they got crushed.
0: Completely confused on what he was so mad about. Maybe that was just frustration boiling over. it could be straw that broke the Campbells back. It just yeah, it was just. I think it was a frustrating game for San Diego throughout. I mean, they never really got got anything going. Um, Nothing was clicking. I think Oleski at that point was just he had enough. Yeah. a Veteran guy though, in his tenth year of pro hockey, and you know maybe that that boils up as well. He's just you know frustrated with the direction the team is going because there's a lot of expectations. I remember at the start of the year, you know, as people kind of talk and they make their predictions. Hard to always tell with the NHL and what you know players are going to go up and go down. But the expectations for the San Diego group was after the disastrous end of last year was that they were going to be one of the real contenders in the division. They were going to be one of the most competitive teams. So far, that has not been the case. They're at the bottom of the Pacific Division. They're back at five hundred. Um, so things just haven't worked out for them.
1: Yeah, it's tough. You wonder if that, you know, that collapse last year. Obviously, this is always turnover year over year. But you wonder if that collapse last year maybe, you know, maybe kind of buried them a bit, and they're still trying to rebound from that. Because they have, I mean, all year they just haven't been really good since obviously that happened. So who knows if that's the case? But that can be, I mean, something like that can be tough to come back from.
0: Yeah, and they've got a road heavy kind of slate coming up. They had played just five road games coming into Monday night's game. So we will play a lot of games away from the Valley View Casino Center coming up. But two of them at home in the month of December will be be against San Jose's. So we'll be out there on December 15th, and then uh, we'll be out there, I believe, after Christmas, if I'm not mistaken. No, have the
1: they come, come here, on the, here on the
0: 30th. So they come here right on the Right before, before New Year's. Okay. So, I mean, it's going to be uh, – we'll get plenty of San Diego coming up. Um, and if uh, they play the way they did on Monday, I think, I mean, it's not going to be a good recipe for them because San Jose's just too fast, um, too skilled. And uh, I thought that was the biggest takeaway was the speed with Sandals. They just look like a much quicker team winning battles to pucks, winning races, and, you know, speed kills. And that's the way the game's going nowadays. And it really, I felt like, stuck out in that game on Monday.
1: Yeah, it's been exciting to watch. And it's, we keep telling people, get on board. You know, get familiar with these guys now because there's no signs of slowing down at this point. And we, we've mentioned it briefly before. And who knows, by the time you get to January, February, some of these young guys who've never played a full professional season, they could hit a wall and kind of drop off, but it it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case because everybody's contributing from top to bottom, all four lines, all three pairings, even the guys who get, you know, are rotating in every night, everybody's able to contribute. So it doesn't feel like you're going to have that major drop-off. You may lose games here and there. You're not going to win every game every night. That's just the way it is. Um, But, yeah, it's it's been fun to watch, and it's always tough to compare it to the team you had a couple years ago that went to the conference finals. Because there were so many good players on that team, but this team, uh, you know, might be the best team we've had in the four years of being out here.
0: Well, and it's that's a great point because it's they're really hard to compare. They almost seem like complete opposites in terms of you know when you look at the roster. That was a young team a couple years ago, but there were so many guys that were NHL you know cusp type of mm-hmm. players. This team has a few, not the amount that team did.
1: I don't think they have like this. I guess the way I've looked at it is you don't have uh, all those guys obviously make the jump the following year to the NHL. I don't look at our roster right now and see a bunch of names that could jump to the NHL next year, but I see a lot of names that could jump to the NHL in the next two or three years because we're so young. That team that went to the conference finals were a bit older, uh, so those guys were a little bit more seasoned. These guys still have a long way to go, but there's a lot of guys on this roster who have that potential to tap into the NHL at some point. And we've, seen, I mean, Rourke, Dylan Gambrell, Jake Middleton's a guy who, if it weren't if it weren't for carrying eight defensemen, he'd be in the mix. Uh, so there's there's a couple guys who kind of are on the cusp, but there's a lot of guys who have that potential to be there as well.
0: Speaking of that NHL, um, Radeem Shimmick made his National Hockey League debut long overdue. And he looked good. He did look good. He was a physical presence. You know, I almost tweeted about he had a hit on. Um, he said Agus – Agostino, he was that he was a player of the year two years ago in the American yep. League. Kenny Agostino, yep. I believe. It. I mean he absolutely buried him. Agostino Crushed tried him. to kinda of poke at the puck, probably should have let it go. Mm-hmm. And it could have been an interference penalty, but because Agostino kinda of made an effort to go after the puck, I mean Schimmick is he, built like And he a
1: throws chocolate. he throws his weight around. He didn't yeah. he did when he played with us yeah. last year. And it's good to kind of see him getting that recognition. Yeah. Kevin Kurz at one point pointed out that they there was a possession the Sharks had. They were getting good offensive pressure and burns who Simic was paired with tried to jump up into the plane and get pinched and simmer yelled at him from across the ice was telling him to stay at the point and ended up being a, a better possession so it's nice to see that he can jump in he's not afraid to with his limited English to yes. tell Brent burns you know the favorite for the Norris trophy right now to you know stay put play defense instead of jumping up into the play. That That's pretty cool to see yeah. for a guy who has not played an NHL game yet this no, far into the season. No,
0: but he kind of a seasoned international veteran, mm-hmm. but no NHL games. And uh, so congratulations to him. It'll be interesting. I didn't see the, the uh, line rushes or, or the defensive pairings today um, for the Sharks at morning skate. But they've got Carolina coming into the building tonight to SAP Center at 730. So we'll see if Schmidt gets back into the lineup tonight, which is an interesting question. The fact that the way in which, of course, the road trip unfortunately went but the positive way in which it ended, Simic was in the lineup in that final game against um, Montreal, who they were able to get a win against. And uh, speaking of Montreal, they beat Ottawa last night, so it just shows the type of emotional maybe commitment that Ottawa had in that game when Eric Carlson came back. So,
1: so Simic is going to be in the lineup today, I think, based on what I'm seeing. Uh, you know, head over always head over to the the beat writers, Gacko yep. and Kurz, and uh, tweeted this out yesterday. Looks like Simic's gonna be in, says the liked his physicality, uh, with the team being being played, quote, a little soft. Uh, that that may help out. So he's gonna get another chance today to to prove it. And I think that's that's big. And not only that, but he's he played big minutes at the end of the game, which is one thing that you haven't seen with Yoke and Ryan. They kinda put him on the bench as the later minutes kind of creep up. They didn't do that with, with Simmer the other day. So uh, good for him to get those opportunities it's always nice to see those guys you know go up and do well and obviously he's being rewarded for his good play
0: there's some D depth in this organization obviously acquiring eric carlson um was maybe a bit of a luxury because you already had brent burns um you already had mark edward vlasic but you look like at the american league level we're carrying organization
1: organization wide we're carrying 16 defensemen 16 on two teams yeah that's incredible
0: and you know, guys are having trouble getting in the lineup. You see Zach Fry. He's played two games this year now. He's had some injuries. He, of course, lost, you know, a few of his chicklets um, in his first game. He didn't even play the entire game. But he comes back in the lineup. Hadn't played for over a month. Scores a goal. And you think, well, he scored a goal. He's probably going to get back into the lineup the next night. Nope. He's not. It's he's out. Tough. He's been sick, though, for the last yeah. couple of days. But I thought he played well. And, and you know, Michael on who works directly with the defense, the, you know, the assistant coach, he said, "Well, we have eight, eight D as a luxury, and you maybe take that, hey, is that a, take it with a grain of salt." Well, then Fry goes out and scores, and you know he, I thought he played really well. Gregoire's Greg the same, the same way. The same way. They're great. all I mean, good. Fitzy. You just go down the lineup, and those are just more. I think the bottom four of the eight. And, mm-hmm. You know, as you're as you're looking at it, I mean, kind of hard to decipher. I think you know Wazzy's been pretty good, um, but. The guys who be on the cusp would be more of a, probably a Middleton, maybe a DeSimone because they've yeah. been around the block a little bit longer. Right. But, hey, what a what a luxury to have when you have that type of depth at the defensive spot. That helps out your goaltenders. And there's a reason why there's a trickle-down effect with the, the goaltending as well is that Barracuda, the top two net miners really in the American League, the best duo at least, with the best save percentage in, in goals against. Um, easy job for Sommer when it comes to choosing the goaltender. Who started last game with the other guys? They literally, they're just,
1: it's just – each game it's who didn't start yep. the last one or are you gonna start this yep. one it's and I, that's also maybe a a perk of having games so spread out and not playing as many on top of each other where in years past like last year you saw people get more of the starts later in the year the year before you know maybe Grosnick got more of the starts as opposed to Malus uh, Armal kind of taking it back so you don't you don't have that situation because both guys can be relied on and it keeps guys healthy and when both guys play well like that, it makes it really easy for everybody else. So it's another, just another luxury.
0: Well, let's move forward just a bit. So we'll, we'll move to Sunday. That's the next time the Barracuda are at home, and it's part of our five-part throwback series honoring all the affiliates of the San Jose Sharks. We already did the Cleveland Barons. That was a great success. Um, this Sunday will be Kansas City Blades Night. So the Blades were the affiliate of the Sharks from 1991 to 96 in the old International Hockey League. They're the only Sharks affiliate to win a championship, and that came in year number one back in 1991. So really legendary uh, Sharks figures were sprinkled in those uh, on those rosters and um, in those organizations. Um, Tom Peterson, who spent a bit of time up with the Sharks, uh, you know, spent a couple years, he'll be in the building on Sunday. Mike Aldridge, who's been around with the Sharks forever, is their equipment manager. He was in Kansas City for a bit, so he'll be around um, dropping the first buck. So it'll be fun to have a bit of alumni in the building as well, a long ways back though, Kansas City. That's right at the start of the, you know, the uh, Sharks' history. But it will be a lot of fun um, Sunday. It won't be a jersey giveaway, so we do want to remind fans that we will have three jersey giveaways as part of the five. We've already given away the one with the, uh, with the Cleveland Barons. This will not be a jersey giveaway, but these jerseys are pretty sharp, and you have an opportunity to bid on them during the games as well with our mobile bidding setup. So, you know, another affiliate at night. We're expecting another good crowd. And um, it'll be fun to see a little throwback action. uh, The red, silver, black look.
1: These are these jerseys. I mean, they should they'll probably arrive within the next day or two. Uh, So we haven't seen them yet. But obviously, it's different than the other sharks affiliate jerseys because there is no teal worked into it. There's really no sharks branding worked into this logo or color scheme. But um, it's going to be sharp. I mean, red and black on a Jersey is always pretty sharp. I mean, the Devils have sharp jerseys. That's just generally a, a good color combo. Uh, but these ones are going to be nice. I mean, they're gonna the guys are gonna look good wearing them. And like you said, it is, it is a long time ago. We sat down with Tom Peterson last week, right? I believe it was. And he even had trouble thinking back and trying to remember some things because I mean, it was so long ago. Yep. But uh, we got some good stories from him too. Which w- w- there's going to be a video that comes out uh, later this week that we'll share, and he's got some good stories, uh, including one, I don't know if it'll make the video or not, about Kevin Constantine, yep. who he thought hated him, and just, like, I don't, what do you say, they didn't, they didn't speak he to him? He didn't
0: speak to him for the first couple weeks? Yeah. He said, man, I've got no chance, I'm gonna get buried in the depth chart, yeah. never gonna play a game, never gonna get a look, and, you know, you ended up calling him into his office, and when he had got, a great when, relationship. Yeah, and when Constantine really got moved up to, to, to the about. Sharks,
1: yeah, yeah, when he got moved up to the Sharks, he, he took Tom with yeah. him, and you know, it was it was cool hearing about you know, what the game was like back then. I mean, Tom was saying how he wasn't, like, he's not a big guy, so he just used his speed and he would skate circles around guys because everybody was so much yeah. bigger and obviously it was a much more physical, heavy game back then. Yeah. He kind of used his speed to his advantage and it obviously worked out for him.
0: Yeah, the Constantine, Constantine thing is pretty funny because, you know, I remember as a kid being a Sharks fan growing up, you know, I was one years old when the team first started, but growing up, Constantine was up as the head coach. And I remember vividly, I mean, he had this bright red hair and he, had to have taken a, a wad full of bubble gum because half his lip was full of bubble gum. He just chewed the gum the entire game. I don't know why I remember that, but it was like an iconic thing. I remember my family would talk about my mom's like, oh, yeah, that gum, that wad. I mean, this thing was a size... Of a golf ball, it is, but it's just kind of a classic look. That's what I remember about him. But, yeah, it'll be another fun kind of throwback, just a blast from the past. This is the one team that Roy Sommer was not a part of. He never coached in Kansas City, was not a part of it. And this team was also not owned, I don't believe, by the Sharks. It's kind of of like the Chicago Wolves situation that Vegas is going through where you're an expansion team, you need a minor league affiliate, but you're not quite ready to, you know, purchase your own and – with the organization being owned by somebody else, it kind of fills the roster as well.
1: Yeah, and this team, I'm sure you already brought it up, but uh, they won the Turner Cup that first year. So, I mean, looking through some of the names that have kind of come through Kansas City and ended up going to play for the Sharks, a lot of very familiar names. Obviously, we mentioned Tom Peterson, but Mike Rathje. Um, I'm just kind of going through the list. Mike Sullivan, who now coaches the Pittsburgh Penguins, played for a little bit. Uh, Archer's Urbe, Jeff Audgers, Sandus uh, Ozilinch. Who else? It's, I mean, the, the, these lists are pretty – Ray Whitney is on this list. Um, who else we got? Wade Flaherty, Larry DePalma. Lyndon Byers played for a little bit. I mean, there's, there are a lot of guys who, who went on to play – you know, with the Sharks and have pretty good NHL uh, NHL careers, so it'll be fun. Recognize, I don't know what the game plan is for in game. I know with the kids, with the Cleveland game, we kind of played no music post 2006, and I, I wonder if they'll do the same kind of thing, play nothing. You know, after 1996 this time around, but it'll be it'll be fun to watch,
0: and that is for sure. All right, Joe, anything else? No, that's it. That's all, right. all I got. That's it. Another fun episode. Um, we'll be back uh, next Wednesday. And a reminder, fans, we will have broadcast coverage this Saturday, 7 o'clock puck drop. Um, we'll start uh, at 7 on KDOW. You can watch AHL TV, listen live, Sharks Plus SAP Center app, and at sjbarracuda.com slash listen. All right, folks, we'll say so long.
1: See ya.